This is episode 374 of The Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at Controversy, Don't Worry Darling, and Blonde. What will you think about both these films? Is the drama behind these films worth it? Well, you just have to tune in and find out. This episode starts right now. What is going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Real Me and Cole in the Movie Podcast. I am your host, Chase Lee, and thank you for joining me on this day or night or whenever you're listening to this. You guys are awesome. And speaking of you guys, if you could spread this episode around, show it some love, and give it to the people in your life, your friends, your family, and let them know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. Hey, listen, maybe there's someone in your friend circle or family circle Maybe they just don't like movies. Maybe they're just weird like that. You know, maybe show them this episode so we can turn them into movie fans. You know, I love movies a lot. I know you wonderful people that are listening, you like movies. So, you know, just just let them know this is an awesome thing to talk about. But in all seriousness, if they're looking for a movie podcast as well, go and send it their uh, their way. They might enjoy it. But uh, yes, thank you guys for all your support. Week to week, day to day, month to month, year to year. You guys are awesome. Like I said at the top, this is episode 374. Cannot believe it. We're, we're very close, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 400. I cannot believe it. I decided to not review new movies that are coming out this week because uh, the ones that are coming out this week are Amsterdam and uh, Hulu's got Hellraiser coming out. And of course, uh, Marvel's got Werewolf by Night. So there's a lot of streaming options. I was like, no, 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 no. That's too boring. I decided, since I missed both of them, that I would talk about the films that are just garnering so much press and drama surrounding them. I was like, I have to talk to, talk about them. I have to judge them on their own merit because I'm not going to just let it slide and just be like, well, the movie's bad because people say it's bad. No, 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 no. I'm going to watch it for myself and we'll go from there. So, yes, I will be talking about Don't Worry, Darling and blonde um so will they be worth the drama i don't really know you'll just have to tune in and find out with that but with all that everything gotta ask as usual you guys doing okay everyone doing okay out there it is the beginning of october we've entered a new month ladies and gentlemen and so uh i gotta ask how is everyone doing out there you know the fall season is is up and running uh halloween season is here uh, watch some horror films if you're into that. Um, yeah, for me personally, work is busy, you know, just, uh, doing that, enjoying life. It's, um, yeah, a lot going on, including doing this for you guys. So I carve out a lot of time to do this and I hope everyone is enjoying these things because I like doing them, uh, doing them for you. So yeah, um, catching up on a lot of stuff, uh, watched, um, trying to think, did I watch anything this week? No, I did not. Um, but um, in the future, I have uh, Halloween Ends. Uh, I booked a screening for that. Uh, booked a screening for Ticket to Paradise and My Policeman. Um, so got those coming up. And then I'm I'm obviously looking forward to whenever I get the email for Black Panther Wakanda Forever um, that I should be getting at the near the end of the month. Super looking forward to that. But yeah, that's kind of the prospects for like the movies that are coming out. Didn't watch anything this week in the theater. Um, yeah, just been kind of catching up on everything like streaming wise and TV wise. Still watching The Patient. Really great show. It's on Hulu. Check it out. Uh, the show Reboot. Love that show. 
Um, still got to catch up on some of the new episodes, but enjoying it thus far. It is one of the few shows in a long time to just make me laugh my face off, and I enjoy that. So, um, still haven't caught up with House of the Dragon. Uh, kind of going the way of Westworld season four, where I start watching it a few episodes in. I'm like, I'm enjoying this, but like, it's an and so you have to like kind of be in the right mindset. You got to dedicate time to it. And it's like, I'll just watch it when it's done. Um, continuing to watch Andor. I love this show. Listen, I am not the biggest Star Wars fan. I like Star Wars. I'm a casual fan. Um, but man, this Andor series is, is so good. So good. The story, the characters, the, the cinematography, the, the production design, everything about it doesn't even feel like a Star Wars movie. It's just incredible to look at. Um, and the absolute, like, uh, just fantastic world building that they have is blowing my mind. So I'm still watching that, loving it. Uh, still watching She-Hulk. The new episode drops tomorrow. It's almost done. There's only two episodes left. Um, I'm trying to think of what other TV I'm watching. That's about it. Um, yeah. You know, when I'm trying to finish up Sandman uh, on Netflix, but I only finished through like half his episode once. So that's why I didn't really talk about it. So yeah, just um, kind of bounce around all over the place. It's really great stuff. But yeah, that's what I'm catching up on TV wise. And so uh, yeah, uh, no streaming movies. I did watch because um, I was in the movie to watch like a like a horror film because it's October. I watched the movie Cursed. Do you guys remember that movie? 2005, I believe, uh, Christina Ricci, Jesse Eisenberg, Milo Ventimiglia. What an incredible cast for, uh, you know, what one of Wes Craven's, uh, final films. Cause well, no, cause he passed in 2011, I think. So not really, but like, you know, it was getting towards the tail end of his career. Curse is the one where it's like, they, th there was something wrong, like in LA, like someone's like infecting people and they're turning into werewolves. It's goofy fun. It's from the same writer as uh, like Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer. So Kevin Williamson comes back and teams up with Wes Craven. It's a fun little movie. It's not anything to write home about, but it, it's fun. Um, it was notorious going through reshoots and stuff. And it was like going through a bunch of stuff for like a year and a half. I remember that backstory. And Judy Greer, who's also in the movie, she was in an interview uh, in 2002. 12 i believe talking about the movie she was like listen when i read the script it was like you know it wasn't bad and she was like on board to do the movie and everything but she was like it's just it changed so much and when you really dive into it and you you figure out like what the story was and like uh what they were trying to do initially like it's kind of incredible like what it actually came out to be so yeah it's a fascinating hollywood story for sure it's also distributed by don't want to say his name, but the initials are HW. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, don't really respect that man. I hate that man to death. Um, and some of his movies will pop up and you watch it and you're like, gross. You you forgot that his name was attached to it. But um, yeah, watch Cursed. Um, I don't know if I said this on the last podcast, but I, uh, I finished Spiral. But that's right, because I was talking about Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And I said I was going to finish Spiral. I did finish Spiral. Spiral to me, it's okay. Uh, I kind of had the same, well, I kind of like Jigsaw a little bit more, but 
Spiral was just an okay Saw movie. Listen, I'm one of these purists that actually likes the first seven. I, I like those movies. They were they were such a great treat to watch every single Halloween because they would have one come out every single year for like seven years straight. Um, now, an argument could be made that the first three are like the, the dominant ones and like that's where the story should have ended. And here's the thing. I'm not going to disagree with you, but they were, were going to continue it. And I liked the first seven, you know, so uh, it was a treat to watch every Halloween. But Spiral itself, it was fine. I don't think Chris Rock fits in that universe. It's weird to see him as like this serious detective about a serial killer um, that's, you know, killing off policemen left and right. So like, I just don't think he really works in that universe, but some of the kills were uh, disturbing and creative in terms of like a saw torture trap. Some of them really got me like, like kind of squirmy and I only, I rarely get squirmy, but I'm like, man, some of this is like, it's, it's rough. Um, so yeah, finished spiral, really great stuff. I don't know what other horror movies I'm going to watch. Um, I guess we'll see how the month goes and whatever, uh, in the mood to watch or just watch but um yeah um so that's what i've been catching up on uh so with the two movies that i am reviewing don't worry darling and blonde uh i did not see by myself uh i saw with my girlfriend and the thing is what's really interesting is that both of these films definitely are going to evoke a different reaction for men and women and so it was interesting to kind of hear her talk about don't worry, darling and blonde after we got done watching them. And I will, I will just say this. So I don't, you don't have me spoil what I'm about to say about both these movies for don't worry, darling. She ended up liking it for blonde. I think we're about the same. So just know that kind of going into it, but, um, yeah, you know, it, it it's, I, I've always found it interesting to kind of like watch these types of movies and like kind of hear it from, uh, another perspective from, you know, uh, like a woman or just someone older or younger. Like I've always enjoyed that because that that's what brings out genuine conversation about these films. You don't want to just hear me, some dude in his thirties, um, some white dude in his thirties talk about movies. You want to hear different perspectives. And I think there's uh, nothing wrong with that. And that just uh, always brings me joy to talk about that stuff, especially with her, especially with those two movies and stuff. I, I really enjoyed it. So with that said, let's not waste any time. When we come back from the break, I will be talking about the first film, Don't Worry Darling. You don't want to miss either one of these conversations, so uh, stay tuned. Hi, it's me interrupting me, and I just wanted to take a break to thank the sponsor of this review, Movie Palette. Movie Palette takes the concept of the movie poster to the next level. Movie Palette consists of stripes of colors carefully chosen by their team of artists. Every stripe represents a color of a particular scene in a movie and is put in chronological order on the canvas. There are so many movies to pick from, and it doesn't even stop there. They also have whole seasons of TV shows. I recently moved and I needed some things to put on my wall, and I was getting tired of putting up traditional movie posters and wanting something different, and Movie Palette stepped up to the plate. The movie palette that I chose was one of my favorite movies of all time, Logan. This gorgeous palette is a constant reminder of how beautiful this film is and how each scene evokes a different emotion all through its language of color, not to mention a great conversation starter. This is a unique piece to any film and TV lover's home and I want to help you get one. Use the discount code CHASE15 for 15% off of any product on their website. Film is art, so why not display your favorite as such? 
That's 15% off of your order when you use the code CHASE15. And welcome back from the break. Thank you to our sponsor, uh, Movie Palette. Uh, so let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about Don't Worry Darling. So what is this movie about? A 1950s housewife living with her husband in Utopia uh, experimental community begins to worry that, um, excuse me, that his glamorous company could be hiding disturbing secrets. Uh, so, you know, I, I really wanted to see this movie, but unfortunately the drama surrounding it behind the scenes has engulfed this to a point where like no one was really interested in the movie. They were just interested in the drama, but I wanted to watch the movie for myself and see if it was actually good or if it was just okay or maybe even bad. And if the uh, drama has helped it in any way, shape or form in terms of publicity. So, you know, going into this before I heard about the drama, I... I liked the trailers. I didn't think they were like anything that was blowing my mind, but there was a lot of mystery that could be there to let us unravel with as we watch this film. And it could have been exciting. I, I love me a good mystery. It looked like it was going to dive into some science fiction as well. So I was all for this. And so, of course, the drama happens and you're like, okay, this thing is just getting swallowed up. I really hope that um, the movie's good because maybe it can combat all this. So I saw the movie. I think the movie's fine. I think there's some decent performances. There's a really great uh, lead performance. The production design's really great. The music is really good. There's some great ideas sprinkled in there. Um, but for me, it just doesn't really have the impact that I think uh, Olivia Wilde wants you to have. But I think there's some interesting things at play. And honestly, like I, I get the ending. I get why it ended that way. But I kind of want to see more. It's like, you know, you kind of set us up for a lot of this kind of world building and, and characters uh, within this, that I want to see you go further with it. And so I thought it was a really great start to a neat idea. Uh, just didn't really feel like it was explored uh, to its fullest extent. But the movie overall is fine. So let's start with director Olivia Wilde. You know, I remember when I saw Book Smart, and I, I really enjoyed it. It was a great coming of age comedy. Uh, Beanie Feldstein, Caitlin Deaver, uh, great performances. It, it was a nice little, you know, High school coming of age, you know, comedy, romance, like, you know, it's just, it, it was good. It was good. It was solid. So with her tackling this, I was curious to see what she would do with the bigger budget, bigger story, bigger stars, like just bigger everything. And so for the most part, I think she's able to guide this story pretty gracefully. And I thought her ability to build up suspense and mystery surrounding this story and these characters was really good. Because when that third act hits and the the twist happens, you know, it for me, I expected it to happen. It wasn't anything that blew my mind. But the actual reveal and the actual uh, execution of said twist, I thought was really good. Like, as it played out in the movie with, like, just the, the sharp editing and, like, the music swells and just the, the, the backstory that we see of these characters... That was all really well handled, and I was actually really invested into the twist, even though I kind of expected that for it to happen. So it wasn't, for me, more of a surprise factor. It was really just an execution thing. I think she did a pretty great job. But Olivia Wilde, to me, she's really great at developing suspense, and I, I would like to see her tackle a, another thriller, another uh, suspense film. Uh, I would even think that, you know, the more she kind of goes down the line, she could probably do a horror film. I'm not going to count that out. But um, yeah, I think her ability to keep us um, 
excited about the story and as it uh, unfolds and the mystery surrounding it, I thought she did a pretty great job. Um, as far as the actual world building of this utopia, it was really, really beautiful. Um, production design and costuming, it's unmatched. It's really a, a dynamite replica of the 1950s. And I, I really appreciate it just from an aesthetic standpoint, really great stuff. Uh, the cinematography is also good. It's clean. It's it's grand. It's uh, certain shots that really provide scope for this story. Um, and uh, yeah, it just kind of shows off the amazing, vibrant colors of the production design and costuming. Okay, so with all that out of the way, I've purposely left the, the performances last. Florence Pugh is the best one in this film. Uh, she is an Academy Award-nominated actress for good reason. She is great at what she does. She holds this whole thing together. And I think her um, delving into this like paranoia and like trying to find some type of groundedness as she's trying to figure everything out, there was a real nice uh, like delicate balance I saw her do. And it's just it was just a, a type of performance that just cuts through the entire film that I really enjoyed watching. And Florence Pugh, she's just great. I have no uh, issues with her in this film. Supporting cast, fine. Um, Nick Kroll, even Chris Pine was just okay. Uh, Olivia Wilde, just okay. Jim and Chan didn't really have a lot to work with, but she was great when she was on screen. Which leads me to this point. Harry Styles is not good. Now, I will say, if the man wants to continue to make films, act, whatever, go for it. I ain't going to stop you. And to be quite honest, I'm going to be very curious into anything that you do in the future because I want to see if you actually progress as an actor. But for this one, it's not working. Um, even with his character being written as British, He's got the accent like it's fine, but like for some weird reason, he's also forcing himself not to have the accent, even though his character has complete um, uh, leeway to have the the accent. It just makes no sense. But yeah, I just I felt like not only was his accent going in and out, which he didn't have to do that. Um, I also felt like when it came to the dramatic scenes, the the scenes that really grab you as an audience member and you really become invested into these people's lives. When he's having arguments with Florence Pugh's character, she is acting circles around him. It, it is a bloodbath. She demolishes him. Like, every time when he says a line and she reacts to it, it upstages whatever he just said. Anytime when she says a line and he reacts to it, his reaction is null. Because she, uh, what, what she said is what we're sticking on. Like I said, I don't mind Harry Styles taking another stab at movies. I don't. I I'm excited to see the My Policeman movie. It looks really good. But for this one, it just doesn't work. He's just getting danced around by professionals. And honestly, he probably would have been best served in like a supporting role for this film. Maybe minimal dialogue. He looks the part. Um... But that's how you kind of incorporate him into the, these films and just have him kind of just level up each time. Then he can eventually get to a lead role. But I haven't seen enough from him to 
do a lead role. So when I'm presented to th- as this is his first big one for me, it just doesn't work. Um, so honestly, like I, I know that Shia LaBeouf was supposed to do this before him. He would have been a great pick, actually. But obviously, with all that going down, he didn't get to do it. But even after that, I don't think Harry would have been a good choice. They should have gone with someone else. So listen, kid wants to keep doing it. Go ahead. But for me, it just didn't work for this one. So overall, the movie is fine. I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be. It's definitely not good. But I think the the drama has definitely hit this movie hard. And a lot of people aren't seeing it because of that. But maybe it'll do well on streaming or when it becomes available for rental and it leaves theaters. So who knows? And that will do it for my review of Don't Worry Darling. Please let me know what you thought of the film, whether you liked it, loved it, hated it, all that stuff. I'd like to know your thoughts on it. When we come back from the second break, I will be talking about Blonde. Buckle up, because this one's a doozy. Uh, So when we come back, I'll be talking about that. And welcome back from the second break. Let's not waste any more time and let's talk about Blonde. And uh, this is a fictional retelling of uh, Marilyn, Monroe, Marilyn Monroe's life, kind of told in spurts, memories, fragments. It's not like a full uh, cradle to the grave story, um, but it, it kind of just is a fictional, fragmented memory movie that just so happens to have the main character's likeness, name, and everything that is Marilyn Monroe. Based on a real person, but fictional story. I'm aware of that. So before we start getting nasty in the comments, I'm just I'm aware of that. Okay. So going into this, my God, so much controversy. Um, I remember watching the trailer and I thought, like, hey, this looks like a good movie. It just does. From a technical standpoint, it looks like a good movie. I don't know what the story's like. Never read this book. Um I don't know much about Marilyn Monroe's life. I realize this is completely just made up. Um, And so, but I I was still curious because we as humans are just curious creatures. And so when there's a lot of controversy or just something that is put in a bad light, our curiosity gets to the best of us. And I just wanted to see this for myself and decide for myself what I think about it. So I saw the film. I am of a couple mindsets. I wouldn't really recommend this movie to anyone. It is a rough watch to sit through. I felt gross after watching this. I felt nasty and dirty, polarizing, just like this stunned feeling where I just... I couldn't really comprehend what I watched. I just know it was a an emotional beating on my end to watch all this stuff that I saw on screen. On the flip side, objectively speaking, objectively speaking, this is a technically profound movie. The cinematography is crisp and gorgeous and utilizes a lot of interesting color scenes and black and white scenes and it all just kind of comes together in this beautiful nightmare that is presented in front of us so it's shot really well the production design the recreation of certain like red carpet events and theaters and and homes and clothes 
spectacular. The music, mesmerizing, ethereal, really kind of like elevates this thing to the next level. The performances are all really good. Ana de Armas, probably the best thing I've seen her in. But I won't recommend this movie to anyone. So I don't know if I actually like it as a movie. I don't know if I hate it. I just know that I'm kind of I'm kind of just polarized by it. Because I can acknowledge like some of the great things about it, and I I can acknowledge some of the really bad things about it. Um, so I mentioned a lot of, good, uh, of the good things. Some of the bad things for me, I think it goes on way too long. And I think at a certain point, we get it. It's one of those situations where like we get these awful things that are happening to this character. Not the, the, I didn't say Marilyn's name, this character of a person that is trying to get into the industry that's taken advantage of. And we just kind of see her um, go through these really just awful things. And then by the end of it, she kind of has to ask herself, was this all worth it? Um, I look at it as a film that's not based on Marilyn Monroe's life because it's all fictional. I look at it as just, it is a movie that is about an actress trying to climb up uh, the in the industry, and we're seeing like these important milestones in her life that really define who her character is. And it's a sad conclusion that we get to at the end. And that's kind of the point. You're supposed to feel numbness. You're supposed to feel sadness the entire time. Is that something you want to put your body through for two hours and 46 minutes? Probably not. I think it is too long. Um, I think it, it definitely gets its point across and there are scenes that are dragged out way too long. Um, and it, it's it's rough to sit through. It is disturbing. It is nasty. It just, it's. I feel dirty watching it. Um, but I get it. I get the whole point of the story of someone who was taken advantage of and we're kind of seeing this really nihilistic viewpoint of this character. Now, if this character was named any other character, some fictional name no one's ever heard of, I don't think this would have gotten nearly as much flack. I don't. Um, because it is attached to a real-life person's name, do I think it's disingenuous to do that when this is based on a fictional retelling of her life and it had nothing to do with her real life whatsoever? Yeah. It, it, it is definitely um, snaky. Uh, I, I don't, I don't like it necessarily, but that is my own personal viewpoint. I have to review this as a film. I think if the main character was named someone else, this would have been a completely different conversation. I don't think people have been nearly as mad. Um, could have still been a blonde, blonde haired, pretty actress with a fictional name. I don't think people would have bat, bat an eye at it. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of my take on that. But as far as the actual story goes, it's really, it's, it's intense. It's beautifully disturbing. It is, um, there's profound, like profound moments within it. Like there's a lot of great dialogue sequences 
that are buried throughout this entire disturbing film that were really poignant on people um, achieving their goals and dreams and like what people want in life and like what are they chasing after and like there was a lot of great stuff that had to do with that that I really enjoyed and I really um, uh, enjoyed listening to the actors deliver those lines of dialogue but yeah I uh, just for me personally it's too long and I, I think the brutality that this character faces it does stretch itself stretch itself thin in terms of getting its point across. It's like, I get it. It's going to have been a two hour movie and probably would have got your point across even more, but same token. It's like these sequences are really beautiful and some of them are drawn out, um, to express this artful expression. Um, and so, yeah, I understand why director Andrew Dominic did the things he did. Um, I personally wouldn't have attached a real life person's name to this, but once again, we're viewing this as a film. Um, and he he wants you to feel this way. He wants you to feel sad and gross and all that stuff. And like, point uh, point taken, mission accomplished. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's definitely moments in this film that are quite miraculous and just quite beautiful um, in terms of story and dialogue and character. But for me... It, it it is it is rough to sit through, and I don't know if I ever want to put myself through this again. Um, great one time experience to kind of experience it for myself, but that's about it. Um, yeah, I mentioned production design, uh, costuming, and music, and cinematography all standing, and I wish some of it could be pushed for Oscars, but with the controversy behind this, I don't think it's getting anywhere anywhere near that. Um, yeah. Uh, also, before I get into the performances. This movie did not have to be rated NC-17. I've seen way worse, and it's quite funny to me that in America, we can get movies like the Evil Dead remake, which I love, by the way. That is a hard R, and there is so much blood in that movie. But yet, this gets an NC-17 for four scenes, one of which lasts maybe 45 seconds to a minute. The rest of them are shorter than that. Like, it's not nearly as graphic as I thought it would be. So, I don't know why I got slapped with that, but that's that's um, small potatoes compared to everything else. But yeah, um, I, I don't know why I was rated that. But performances, Ana de Armas is incredible in this film, really encapsulating just so much emotional angst and sadness and happiness and all the things that you feel as a human, she amps it up to an 11. And the intensity through each emotion is shown through her her, her face, her body language, her, her eyes, everything. She gives everything to this role, and you can feel it. It's, it's, a, it's quite incredible how she was able to navigate through all of this um, really mature storytelling. I don't know how she did it. Uh, also, side note off of that, she did not have to be nude for the last half of the movie. I swear to God, uh, when I was watching it, and I was watching it with my girlfriend, at some point we were just like, cool, she's topless again. D does, she have to, does she have to be topless? Um, so that was a little uh, irritating because we were just like, 
don't really think she has to be nude in this scene. Um, but yeah, I, other than that, uh, that's not really, that's not her fault. That's, it's an Andrew Dominic uh, problem. But um, with her actual performance of the film, it was devastating. It was beautiful. It was a powerhouse. She's really that good. The supporting cast is really great too. Adrian Brody was a standout for me. Um, Bobby Cannavale is not really in it that much, but he makes an impact um, as uh, an abusive lover that she has. Um, and I really liked everyone else too, just really kind of giving into the the era that this movie plays in and the dialogue, the the richness and just the the actual delivery of said dialogue. It was it was magnetic to see from every single actor. They treated it as like a piece of art and like they lingered on every single word and you were just glued to the screen. Because like I said, like this movie does go on too long for sure. But the two hour and 46 runtime also kind of fast. <laughs> like uh, for me, it, it, like it's pacing is supposed to be methodical and kind of slow and really drawn out. Um, and it worked for me, but I can also acknowledge that, you know, there are some things they could have just shortened to make their point come across a little clearer but yeah i uh um really enjoyed everyone uh on screen in this so overall would i recommend uh seeing blonde i don't know do i even like the movie i have no clue do i hate the movie i really don't know it's one of those films that leave you that leaves you cold it leaves you disturbed engrossed out but fascinated and magnetized to the entire thing like I was so riveted by like the performances and the cinematography and music and production design while also feeling completely isolated and just alienated throughout the entire thing because that's what the director intended it to do. Like I said before, if this was literally anyone else that was not based on a real life person, it was just some fictional name about a uh, an actress through the industry that's and it shows the horrors and the the, the nightmares uh, scenario that someone could go through. Uh, back in the 50s um, in the industry, I would get all of that. But it is attached to a real person's name, and that's why people are up in arms. For me, since it is fictional, you know, I took it as fiction. It works in some areas, it doesn't in others. So I honestly don't know how to feel about it. But hey, movie movies are art, and uh, sometimes it does that. So and that is my review of Blonde. Thank you for listening to both of these reviews. Let me know down below what you thought of Blonde, and don't worry, darling, I'd like to know your thoughts on it. And that will do it for episode 374 of the Real, Real Me and Colin Movie Podcast. Next week, episode 375 will be over. Halloween ends. Will this one make up for the fact that Halloween Kills is just absolute butt? I have no clue. Uh, we're just going to have to sit and find out because, listen, I am not a fan of Halloween Kills. So the first uh, Halloween from 2018 was pretty good. Um, and so, yeah, I just have no idea what I'm in for, but I'm seeing that Wednesday. So you guys will get the episode probably Thursday because uh, I'm going out of town on Friday. So I got to get that out to you guys. So it'll be at Thursday at some point. So yeah, next week's episode, Halloween ends. Uh, and then after that, let me just give you a preview of October. Let me go ahead and kind of pull up my stuff here. So Halloween ends will be next week. And then the following week, I will probably have... Ticket to Paradise and My Policeman. And I will probably have a separate thing for Black Adam. Because uh, I was going to probably go see Black Adam on the 22nd. So I might just push that and have it be the following week's episode. Not really sure. 
maybe I'll do that just so you guys can go watch it and we can talk about spoilers and everything. But I think that's my prospect for the month. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have any anymore. I might have many reviews sprinkled throughout um, that aren't a part of the normal episode. But yeah, that's kind of the prospect right now. So um, that will do it for the, the whole month and this episode of the Real Man and Cold Movie Podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm Chase, and I will see you guys for the next one. Bye-bye.